Hey, welcome to the Stephanie Stevens Show, where I help you discover the power of communication and the keys that unlock the doors to freedom in every area of your life. Well, hello, my dear sweet friend. I hope you're well, and I'm so honored that you're choosing to spend a little time with me today. And here's a cool thing. Today, it's not just me. It is my son, Nicholas, joining me today. As promised, I've done a series on autism. And in my first three episodes, when I introed this podcast, and I talked to you a little bit about why I was doing it and kind of what my background looked like, my experience, my professional and personal lives, and how they led us all to the space, I did share a little bit about the journey with autism and my second oldest son, Benjamin, who has a diagnosis of autism. And so I shared about that there. And then I wanted to do additional work over the course of time to just speak to the families. There are so many millions of families who are affected by autism and related conditions. I want to include that related conditions, and that includes any other neurological or cognitive, what they consider, they, the experts, a disorder. And so it's important that we have a community. It's important that we have platforms to share, to connect, and to support each other. And so that is, in large part, what this podcast is also designed to do. So Uh, When I wanted to follow up and continue the conversation about autism, I developed another series. The first one in the next series now is called Autism in the Beginning, Let There Be Light. If you haven't listened to that one, please go back and check that one out. And then after that, it was Autism, The Wonder Years. And in that, I share about what it's like after you choose your pathway, you choose what you're going to be doing with this new diagnosis and um, getting to know the soul behind the diagnosis, getting to know the earth angel behind what we know and what we can only label as, you know, whatever it is, autism or cognitive disability or developmental disorder, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Maybe it's Down syndrome or Fragile X syndrome. Whatever the label is, that soul behind the label. So I talked about that. And then I promised that I would share some of the information and experiences from my own children because I have three other children as well. And so this series is going to be called Autism the Siblings Speak. And so (laughs) I was mentioning in the last episode of the series that you know, when you've got older children and they've got lives and they're out and about, then it's kind of like herding cats, only you know, obviously much more loving. And um, it's about pinning everybody down because they've got such busy and awesome lives. And so my middle son, Nicholas, was the first to sit down with me, actually via Zoom, and share. So this is my conversation with my son, Nicholas, and I hope it brings you some enlightenment. Uh, The point here, again, is to share another perspective and to help families identify, especially families with new diagnosis, what you know the future may hold or what you might want to take into consideration in terms of the family dynamic and how a diagnosis like this really does affect the entire family, both with challenges and also with benefits. So this is my conversation with my son, Nicholas. Enjoy. Okay. Anyway, thank you again for taking time with me today. I cherish of it. Of course. As always, I always cherish our time together. Now that I don't see you every single day, 
like I used to, because you're mm-hmm. out on your own doing amazing things. Yeah. Um, but as it relates to autism and being in a family with someone very close to you with a diagnosis of autism, what age do you think you were when you first understood that something was different about our family and specifically about Ben? Um, so I, I think it was probably around when I was 10 years old, just, just kind of being able to, to understand things. And I was definitely able just to see whenever we were out in public, just, I could tell something was different. And then it was right around that age, 10 to 11, that I noticed, or I realized that it was autism. Mm-hmm. And when you say when we were out and about in public, what did you notice that was so different? Was it how other um, families looked or how our family looked? No, it would be how, well, it, so in my eyes, I didn't think anything abnormal about my family just because it was, it was my family. So it was what I grew up with, what I was normal to. Yeah. So it was, it was the other other families and people around me that I would see just because, you know, Ben may have had uh, like a stimming episode and then just to me, that would be normal, but seeing other families react and especially 10 years ago. So it, I was really negatively and there's no stigma mm. still surrounding it. So mm-hmm. I would say the, the families surrounding me. Mm-hmm. And so when you would see things like that, the, you know, Ben having a stimming episode and, and for, for the people that are listening, Nick, a lot of them certainly do know what that means. And for their, for those that don't, that's where they're engaging in some type of perseverative or repetitive behavior, either vocally by making echolalic noises, or sometimes kids flap their hands. Sometimes they pace back and forth. Sometimes they, they take an object and they twist it, or they, they engage in a behavior of some kind that feels very kind of out of their control. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And so when you saw that out of your brother, Ben, but you did not see that out of, for example, Sam, you know, your older brother or Savannah, your sister, what were your thoughts about that? Um, well, I, so I knew it, he, it was, it wasn't normal, obviously, but I didn't approach it. I approached it more with a sense of curiosity and just to kind of figure out like what was going on. And in my, and I mean, in my eyes back then, if I saw him kind of in distress, like having one of those episodes, my first thought would just to be to make sure that he's okay. And then after that, it was more just understanding what was actually happening. Mm-hmm. And how did you really come to understand what was happening? Um, well, a lot of education. Um, I mean, you, you educated me a lot on it, but then I, I, um, also going to, or like going with Ben and, um, being around his, um, his, his therapists, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it was just a lot of educational opportunities to understand what autism is, especially at such a young age. Yeah, that's a really good point. I think one of the things that I would do all over again. And I would certainly recommend any family does is to engage all of the family members in 
therapeutics, not hardcore, not regularly, not daily, not expecting kids to turn into therapists by any means. But I do love some of the family skills training that we did with the therapists where like you and Savannah would sit down and they would kind of coach you how to do play games with him or, Mm -hmm. you know, communicate in new ways. I, I found that to be really valuable. Did you? Yeah, I did. Well, then, and just to kind of bring back to like one of those episodes, yeah, like, like the therapists um, talking to me and Savannah about like how to, how to go about, like how to make sure he's okay when an episode like that happens. So yeah, I think those moments were very valuable. Mm -hmm. And when you think of your childhood and growing up and you think of maybe some of your friends or the other people that, you know, Mm -hmm. clearly, you know, your experience in that family was different because you do have a brother that you watched out for. What, what are the advantages to that? If any, are there any advantages to having that kind of experience? Um, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, just kind of like an anti-bullying policy. So that was, I mean, just, and again, back 10 years ago, the stigma surrounding autism was a lot more, I guess, harsher than it is today, um, where there there would be a lot of bullying. So really just, just stopping or just like looking out for Ben and then really stopping that bullying. And then also, which that just kind of instilled a kind of a caring, like kindness in me, just to always make sure to look out for, for those who, who can't take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, that's beautiful. I, I totally agree. I think I saw that in you guys very early. I saw you, all of you really be very protective of Ben. It was innate. It mm-hmm. was not something I ever told you to do. It was not something that you were instructed to do by anybody. It. I think it's just something that you instinctively picked up on and knew. And yeah. I think for that reason, I don't know, at least I was never privy to him being bullied in any way when I wasn't around. Um, and maybe that's because he was always around people who kind of just had the instinct to look out for and protect yeah. him. Yeah, no, to, to actually speak a little bit on that, I do remember, um, back in my childhood, there was one of those moments where I don't remember what age I was. Um, but I do remember we were at a beach and I think, yeah, you just stepped away like with Savannah or something. And it was me, Ben, and Sam on the beach, and Ben was in the water. Uh, and then he would, and he was, you know, screaming about the little minnows kind of swimming around him. Oh yeah. <laughs> and um, and then these kids kind of came up to him, and and me and Sam, and we could tell that they were. I mean, you know, they were like kind of sp- like splashing water on him. So me and Sam approached those guys, and they were around Ben's age, but we went up to them and kind of explained it explained to them like hey what what are you guys doing why are you bullying why are you, why are you bullying Ben he can't defend himself mm-hmm. how did they uh, respond but, I mean, to that they well I mean they were they were kind of I think they were shocked that someone came up to defend them just because they probably weren't used to it probably because they were probably able to like get away with that at their school mm. so it was shock and then when we told them that he can't like fight back they were like, oh man, well, I didn't, I didn't realize that. Sorry. Yeah. You know, I was just, I was just, I was just joking around. 
then I didn't realize. Yeah. So I think a, a lot of the time it's just they don't. I mean, they, they they know that something is different about the individual, but they just don't. I mean, yeah, they just don't truly understand. Good point, I, which always was a mystery to me. I always thought to myself, you know, you have to be headless not to yeah. comprehend there's something very different happening here. So I would I would think that would inspire more curiosity than more um, the desire to go up and pick on. So like, I have never understood bullying. It's not in my nature. It's not in any Same. of your guys's nature. God bless nope. it. I'm so grateful for that. But I do remember also, Nick, that anytime there would be an occasion for education, we would step into that. I remember being at the park with me, you know, on every, so many occasions, so many opportunities, but I would be, I would at first be so insulted when people would stare and gawk at him. And, um, then instead of being insulted by it, I would immediately jump in and I would, uh, say something, right. So I mm -hmm. would say, hi, so this is Ben and he has a diagnosis of autism. Do you have questions? Yep. Well, I and, know, dude, I, I, I remember you doing, although a couple of years ago too. Yeah. Done it. been doing it for years. And I think you guys also, I appreciate hearing, that when I was off caring for Savannah's need, or maybe she had to go potty, I'm not really sure why I would have walked away in that moment. I know that the, he would have been in good hands with both you and Sam, but just yes. hearing that you, that was instinctive to you to rush in and offer education rather than really kind of get upset and take it a different direction. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's no need to take, there's no need to take it that direction. They weren't, they weren't doing anything obviously, but I mean, yeah, it's there. They just needed, I think in that moment, they just needed a reality check, realize who they were kind of bullying mm -hmm. and then so that they could take a look at themselves and then, yeah, mm -hmm. just understand that, Hey, well, yeah, I shouldn't be bullying someone that can't defend for themselves. Yeah, shouldn't be bullying, period. Exactly, yeah, exactly, yes. Let alone. I mean, that's what bullies do. They always pick on someone they perceive can't defend themselves. And that's yep. the ugly nastiness of of that whole thing. But when you think back, um, what were the challenges in a family with that dynamic or or a sibling with autism? Were there challenges? Um, yeah, there were some challenges. So, uh, I know Ben thankfully didn't have them too bad, but he did have some seizures here and there. So yeah, for me, when, um, I don't remember the first seizure that I observed, but I, I just remember that it was, I didn't know what was going on. And I was like, I thought my brother was like fighting for his life. So mm -hmm. that was that that's always scary. Um, other than that, though, yeah, just being out in public, um, especially with with Ben having um, like a sensitivity to sound. Um, again, just the just kind of the reactions of people around it. It's it trying not to get like associated embarrassment, but sometimes when you know he's like really having trouble in a public setting. And like really freaking out, it can get a little tough just because we want to take care of them. But then you can also have 
you have a lot of people staring, a lot of people mm -hmm. making side comments. Yeah. Um, but no, I'd, I'd say, I'd say the biggest challenge though would probably be just the, 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 yeah, that seizure aspect. And then, but that, that, that was a little bit of a plus because again, that was also more of a educational opportunity mm -hmm. just to yeah. learn more about it. One of the um, things I, yeah. oh, go on. No, sorry. I was just trying to think of something else. One of the things I am so amazed by and I marvel at and I'm so proud of you guys for is I think of you three, uh, you and your sister and your older, your oldest brother as being some of the most flexible and also compassionate uh, people on the planet because you grew up in a situation where we did draw a lot of attention. Our family drew a lot of attention and that can be, it can feel embarrassing. It can, mm -hmm. it can produce, you know, some, some strange feelings and maybe like, I don't really want all of this attention and yeah. it would be nice to go somewhere and just do a thing without having to make all of these accommodations. And yet we know that the gift is that we have been trusted with this earth angel known as Benjamin, who mm -hmm. doesn't have a malicious bone in his body, who yes. doesn't comprehend that anyone would be maliciously making fun of him. He doesn't even comprehend the idea of mocking. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, it, the, the purity in all of that. And so the fact that you guys were able to um, be with him very comfortably and navigate all of that as kids. I know it was not easy, but I look at each of you and I think you are so much more compassionate and strong and understanding than, and flexible really, because we had to be mm -hmm. flexible. There were times we had to get up and hike tail it out of whatever we were doing because he was having a meltdown. That's yeah, that that's what I mean. Yeah. Whether it be like church, those kind of situations. Yep. Yeah. Or a movie or whatever. And so that was not easy on you guys for certain, I can imagine, of course not. Yeah. But the fact that you guys had that experience, and I, I think it translated as you continue to age into this really deep, mature sensitivity toward others. And beyond that, your desire to care for it, especially you, Nick, mm -hmm. and your desire to help others yeah. with like conditions is, is a lifelong gain. It's a lifelong benefit. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, yeah, it sparked my interest. I mean, ever since I can remember, I, my interest has been in, yeah, just like caring for those who have autism. And then my career is I want to, yeah, just, well, I want to be a psychologist, but it, to put, a, to make a long story short, in the end, just make people feel better and help, help them, help them feel better. So, yeah, yeah I mean, I think, I think being with Ben and yeah, it, it's just really helped me out a lot. I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that. So if there were, so as a parent myself, and especially a single parent, most of those years, what could I as a parent have done to help you feel better to help you in your journey or in your growing up years that I may have missed in my total consumption of this thing called autism? Um, well, personally, I don't think that there was, there was much because you did kind of have your hands full. So for, I mean, for as much as you were able to do, you did do a, 
you did a very good job in my opinion. Oh, thank you, honey. Mm -hmm. If, um, if I could have done a, if I could have done a better job, what might that have looked like? <laughs> um, I'm really, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure just because I, I really don't know because okay. you were there a lot. Oh, thank you. Oh, well, that makes me yeah. feel good. I think as a parent, Nick, we, especially in retrospect, after the kids get older, you always look back and you go, Ooh, I could have done that better. Ooh, I wish I would have done that differently. Ooh, I wouldn't have done that if I had to do it all over again, you know? So I do appreciate mm -hmm. hearing that from you. And I'm also still very mindful that, that there was a lot of attention placed on autism. And that being said, a lot of families have more severe cases so yeah. we, we were still able to do some things like, you know, normal thing, vacation together. And exactly. Well, that night, I, I think that's, that's, that is probably the main reason why I don't feel like I missed anything or that you didn't provide anything during my childhood, just because, I mean, while Ben did have autism, thankfully it was not as severe as other cases. So yeah, we were going on vacations to Florida, going to church on a weekly basis, going to the Mall of America to have fun, going out to eat for mm -hmm. dinners. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so grateful for that. Um, mm -hmm. So if you wanted to encourage parents in some way, those listening now that maybe have a brand new diagnosis and kind of this, this whole new world is opening up to them and they're just trying to find a journey or a pathway for their child. Um, no. Or maybe it's somebody else that they love, you know, with a, with a similar diagnosis. What do you think it would be important for them to know as it relates to the raising of their other children and their family dynamics? What's important for them to keep in mind? So in regards of, raising your other children um still keep them in mind obviously you have uh you have a issue right in front of you that you need to handle first but still remember your other kids and that your other kids will help educate them encourage them um engage everyone in activities together whether it's board games going outside to the park whatever it may be um, and then I'm sorry, what was your other question? Yeah, no, you, you're hitting it. Just what do they need to know and how, how can we encourage them to keep what to keep in mind as they oh, yeah, no. step into this journey? Yeah, no, just, um, it, 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 it'll, it'll take time before, you know, before you finally got things down. Um, but again, like I, like I said, just make sure everyone is engaged in family activities. Um, always, always, always be educating your family and those around you. Um, if it is a new diagnosis, uh, I'd tell your, your relatives, uh, if you go to parties, like just tell them, Hey, uh, my son or daughter has a new diagnosis. Um, they may be a little sensitive whenever we're going to parties. So please just keep that in mind just so that, your relatives and those around you can try to make accommodations and help you through this journey. And that's a really great point. I think um, preparing people in advance, that's a great idea, mm -hmm. Nick, especially well, as it relates to 
like birthday parties or holidays or family gatherings, letting everyone know in advance noise is going to be an issue or well, you may see this. Here's how you can best handle it if you see this behavior or if you come across this. I think that's brilliant. Mm -hmm. That Yeah, and of course. And that on top of that, just, yeah, again, just educating those, like sending out resources um, so that people, if they don't know and understand autism already, um, just educate them. Yeah, really good point. And then yeah. how about a message for the siblings? What's important for a sibling to know? Somebody like you who is going to be on this journey for a while with a sibling with this type of diagnosis. Well, so, um, it may be difficult. It may be embarrassing at times. Um, it may be frustrating at times. Um, but in the end, they are your relative. You should love them. You should take care of them. No matter if they have a diagnosis or not, they are still your brother or sister. Hmm. You're such a cool kid. Also, you're not alone. Both to mm -hmm. parents and siblings, you are absolutely not alone. And Nick, I've said this before on the podcast, to the tune of one in 40, one in 40 kids is being diagnosed annually with either autism or a related condition. So wow. when you think, you know, when you just when you think you're on an island and you look around or you're at an amusement park or at a movie or at a shopping mall and you're the only family you see like you, wait a minute. It won't be long before another one will come along because the the rates and occasions and diagnoses are so high and so significant these days that yeah. uh, the reality is you're never alone. And there is a large community of those of us out there who have been through this journey now for decades, some are brand new, some are midway through. There's a, there are those of us who've been on this journey now for decades and kind of know the ropes a bit, been beat up a little bit by the process and, you know, are yep. here to tell about it and are stronger, are stronger as a result. And so I think collectively getting to the bottom of why there are so many diagnoses would be a brilliant idea. <laughs> but mm -hmm. yeah. in the meantime, you know, we got to take care of our own. We got to take care of our families and then reach out beyond and assist the community at large. So isn't that staggering? That yeah, the statistic. one in 40 is, yeah. that is actually shocking. Yeah. Yeah. It's been that way for a handful of years and I haven't seen the numbers go backwards in years. So, so we got to no. get to the bottom of that, but in the meantime, we need resources and definitely support and encouragement. So my dear, I am so grateful for your encouragement. I'm so proud of you. Anything else you want to add before I let you into your day? Um, no, nothing else. Okay. Thank you. Love you so much. Yeah. Love you too. Thanks. Thanks so much for listening to the Stephanie Stevens show. Please remember to subscribe so we can stay connected and you never miss an episode of the podcast. Oh, and if you haven't left a rating yet, please be sure to do so. It helps incredible people like you find the podcast. We'll see you on the next episode.